Good morning. Will you join with me in reading from Genesis 29? Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. And see with him? And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. These words are true and they can be trusted. Let's pray. Lord, I ask in your name that there would be a divine invitation this morning. Lord, even this morning we were praying with the staff earlier. I, I just, I was reminded of Jordan, one of our residents that we've uh, just sent out here recently to go pastor and his story of salvation. Um, literally, he was driving by this church and it's like something compelled him to just turn around and come in a divine invitation. And I pray, Lord, even this morning in this room, those that are watching online, God, even those that drive by, I pray that there would be an invitation into your presence and your kingdom that only you can make. I pray today that you would show us clearly you are calling even those of us who have made big mistakes. You're calling us to your table to come and be a part of your family. You're calling people who struggle with jealousy, people who struggle with lust, people who struggle with fear, people who struggle with anxiety. God, you are calling people who have doubts, you are calling us to your table. I pray today that the divine invitation would be felt 
would be heard more than through our ears. It would be heard by our hearts. You call us. If you would, just ask God in a spirit of prayer, just ask, Lord, speak to me. Pray for the people around you. Ask that God would speak to them. Illuminate your words. What I say that honors you, let it sink in deep. Where I misstep, let it be quickly forgotten. All I want is Jesus made known. You are the senior pastor. You are the shepherd. In your wonderful name, amen. You guys are great. You can have a seat. Man, thank you, Josh. I love you, brother. Thanks for leading us in worship today. It's a good, it's a good job. Ooh, that's right. I love Josh. Um, it's good to be here, man. I tell you what, I'm going to blame the springtime. My allergies were killing me. I was over there just like my eyes are watering. As a water in the pollen, it's a little early this year. Um, I love that you guys are here. Just a, a bit of a heads up as we get into today's message. So um, we are, as you know, we're working through the grand story of the Bible. So uh, many of you probably haven't done this since you were children. Um, like in Sunday school, I, you know, we got the hills over here, Ty. I mean, Ty leads our, our children's ministry. And so he's walking kids through these Bible stories all the time. And for a lot of us, we haven't been through a lot of these major Bible stories since we were kids. And so we wanted to take a year in the church and go through each of the major stories of the Bible. Now, we can't hit all of them. There's not enough Sundays. But you are going through all of them in your church reading plan. You can go to the resource page on the website or in the app, uh, the Big Story resource page, and join with the church in our reading plan. We're going to hit more of the stories there. And we have, man... From children's ministry, every campus, every location, downtown, college services, everybody is reading through this together and studying this together, and I, and I love that. I love how God is moving in such broad ways. Uh, we finished the beginning part of this, so our creation, our origin story, and now we have moved to the chosen ones, the people that God is calling out. We have talked about Abraham, we've talked about Isaac, and today we're going to move on to Jacob. Okay, so heads up. Um, I plan my sermons about a year in advance, and uh, I, I know I just, it's the way I'm geared. I'm, I'm a nerdy guy. Uh, I think that way. I work that way. I like it. I like to have things on my mind a long time in advance and be thinking it through and researching it and running down rabbit trails and listening to sermon and reading books and listening to, man, lectures. I just love every bit of it. But every once in a while, I'll work on a sermon, and I'll kind of start honing it out. And then I just feel like God says, that's not exactly what I want you to do. And so uh, I did uh, on Thursday before I sent my notes into the team, which I got them in really late this week because of this. Um, this was a huge part of it. I actually made some massive adjustments to today's message. So, so bear with me. Um, I think the Lord is going to take us on a bit of a ride this morning. This will be fun. I, now, okay. I believe that God is a God of order, and he does speak to me, even if it is a year in advance putting sermons together. But I also believe that God can be like, okay, listen in. Um, we're going to do something a little different this week. 
So with that in mind, we are going to still talk about Jacob, but we're going to do a little bit of a different twist on it. I was reading through the last part of Genesis again this week. So like Genesis 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, all the way to the end. And as you're going through, you know, whenever you're reading, I, I, I don't know, when you read the Bible, you can kind of do these like slow down and do like a verse at a time and, you know, historical context, literary context, grammatical work. Um, or I think it's, or you can read through the Bible and you should read through the Bible when you're reading just through like big stories, like you're reading a novel. And I like to do both. I like to really slow down and look at the context and drill in deep and kind of do more of that exegetical um, and then I like to, at times, just pretend like I'm reading the Bible like a novel and open it up and just soak in the whole big story. So I did that with the last part of Genesis, preparing for this message, and it dawned on me how messed up all these people are. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, do it. I mean, I mean, and if you're on our reading plan, you have done this. You have been reading along with us. It's like story after story after story of jealousy, fear, manipulation, over and over and over and over again. I mean, like, I, I literally read through the last part of the Bible, and, and I, I was like, what? where's the hope? I mean... And especially when you're kids and you read through each of these stories, you're reading about these players and you want to make them heroes, right? So you want to read and you want to make Abraham your hero or you want to make Isaac your hero, Jacob becoming Israel Hebel at Bethel, you know, and you have these stories that are really powerful, you know, Joseph, you want to make all these people your heroes. And in reality, when you read the details about your heroes, they went through times where they were definitely zeros, Maybe the way to say it would be this. Just like Abraham's line in Genesis, the church today is also full of uh, flawed people. People that have lied, people that have stolen, people that have struggled with lust, people that struggle with jealousy. People that are constantly working to manipulate others to gain advantage and here's the really good news. You aren't just surrounded by them. You are them. Don't look around at other people and be like, yeah, they're a manipulator. They've struggled with lust. They battle with it. They, I mean, like, I'm talking to you. You are them. I, I am them. I was thinking about this a little bit, and this, this is, I, I, I did plan on putting this a while back, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to leave this in here. I was thinking about an example of how I picked this up, and again, I have a pretty analytical mind. I'm an overthinker, and, and, and that can work to my disadvantage, and it can work to my advantage, depending on the situation. My wife would definitely say amen to that. Um, and being an overthinker and kind of an overanalyzer at everything on the planet, I mean, I, I, especially when I was young, early in college, I could get lost in these like existential crisis thoughts, you know, so you're, yeah, it's, I don't know. So when I meet with young college kids now and they're having, you know, these like big existential moments and they feel lost in them, I just have massive compassion for them because I'm like, man, I, I, I totally understand. 
But being an overthinker, I tend to notice things that other people miss. I just, I do. And I, uh, I was thinking about this in a prayer meeting. So I was, you know, with some people. Uh, it was a prayer meeting slash kind of a counseling situation. And uh, there was a hard, difficult uh, thing being played out. So one of the people that was in this meeting, and I'm changing enough of these details. There's, I don't think there's any way you know who this was, but I'm changing enough details to guarantee that you wouldn't pick up on this. But in the meeting, the person basically came to me and with some others that were with them, and they wanted to just reflect on a hardship they were having with somebody else that's also in uh, the church. Okay, so now I've changed enough of these. There's no way you could figure it out, but this is like the perfect example ever. And the person basically said this in the spirit of prayer. Guys, I just feel off in my spirit. In fact, I've got this. I want you to read this on the screen because I, I don't want you to miss this. I, to me, this stands out. And in showing it to other people, I realized a lot of other people miss it. So we'll see if you catch this. Are you ready? So now remember, the situation, very emotional. People are in tears. They're very, very heartfelt. And one of the people says this, guys, I just feel off in my spirit. I feel the spirit telling me that what was said by the other person to them wasn't totally pure. Okay, so notice, what is the person asking for us to affirm in them? Do you see it? To notice anything that might be off in the other person. Well, of course there's going to be something off in the other person. All right, now, now notice this. Then the next statement that he made was this. I just want to make sure my heart isn't completely off. Okay, now do you notice what's being pointed out here? I just want everybody to notice that they might not be totally pure in their motive, and I want everybody to notice that I'm at least trying to do the right thing. I'm not completely off in my perspective. Do you see it? So right there in that prayer meeting, as we're together and we're talking, and then we go to prayer, and most people don't pick up on this stuff. And so everybody's like, amen, that's right. Uh, we can see that you're really trying, and there might be something off in this individual. And we can see that you're really wanting to do this, and it's possible that they might be not totally pure in how they're addressing this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are literally comparing the intention of the person to try to do something right with the possibility that, of course, something's right, not right in them. And, of course, things are not totally pure in you. And, of course, you're trying. And the reality is, of course, they're probably trying a little bit, but it all gets twisted in those prayer meetings. Don't you love it? We're always trying to draw attention to our good intention and we're always trying to get people to see the slight impurity in others. Now, this is why it's probably not good for you to come to counseling with me. I'm not a good counselor. I'm not a good counselor because I'm too analytical. And I will pick your ideas apart thinking I'm helping and it'll just make you more mad at me. And I will be the one when we're praying together and you're just wanting affirmation and we're praying together and as people are praying, I'm praying too and I'm listening and I'm, and you know, and everybody's just tears and feeling the feels, you know, and in the room. And I'm the one that's like, wait a minute, what was just said there? And then of course, when I do that, people are like, well, Pastor Mike doesn't care. The Spirit's not leading him. No, I'm just listening to what you're actually saying. 
Maybe the way to say it would be this. I, this is true all across her. All, we are all manipulators. All of us are. We want God and others to see our good intentions and be gracious and patient with us. With other people, especially the ones we don't like, we want God and the church to see what may be off and corrective and be corrective. And we want to do that to protect the flock, Pastor Mike. So please see my good intentions and please be hypercritical as you evaluate the people I don't like. Now, I love you. You aren't just sitting with those people. You are those people. I am those people. I go back through my own journal and I read things that I write and I'm like, gosh. Just like in Genesis, just like the line of Abraham, just like Isaac, just like Jacob, all the way down the line, we are jealousy-laden, fear-driven manipulators, and 80-plus percent of the time, you don't even realize you're doing it. It just spills out. Notice my good intention. Be critical of the others. Elevate me for my effort. Take people out for their slight missteps. You're not just sitting with them. You are them. So I read through the last part of Genesis again, and I'm thinking about all this. And I'm reading through Abraham and the whole journey, right? And he has Isaac and that journey. And then Jacob, which is today. We're going to be talking about that. And even Jacob's story, like, it just gets messier over and over and over again. I mean, Jacob, literally his name is supplanter. Like, he's literally a trickster by definition. And kind of the, one, of the, one of the prime tricky moments of Jacob that we're studying is him and his mom pull off this heist, for lack of a better way to say it, where they steal the birthright of the older brother. And everybody is mad at him because of this. And his mom, of course, is involved in all this. And Jacob basically gets, like, cast out. And he's on the run. He's looking for a wife, stolen the birthright. Like, I mean, th- by the way, these are God's people. He's been on the run, and we land on the text that was read just earlier. And I want to read just part of it again, Genesis 29, 10 through 11. It says this. So in your mind, remember this. He's now heading to his hometown looking for a wife. The trickster is on the run towards his hometown looking for a wife. Genesis 29, 10 through 11. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and then this next phrase, man, I just couldn't get past it. He wept aloud. Now, I don't know, like, first dates for you, But if you were to go out with like a strapping young man or whatever and, you're, and, you, and the dude just like literally falls apart. 
hi, my name's John. He just starts pouring. I, like, what is happening? What's wrong with this guy? And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman. I mean, right, so look, look at the order there. He's weeping before she even knows who he is. And that he was Rebecca's son, and she ran and told her father. So, of course, her response is like, oh, my goodness, you are my relative. And she runs and tells her dad. All right, so let's point a couple things out from this text. Number one, on the surface, it looks like Jacob left to find a wife from his home country. So on the surface, it looks like Jacob left to find a wife from his home country. The deeper reality is that he was on the run. Jacob was filled with fear, with conflict. He's filled with passion and probably even guilt at some level. Maybe he's trying to self-justify it. I'm not entirely sure. There's evidence of that maybe in the text. When he lays eyes on both God in a vision, this is Bethel, Genesis 28, 1-22, you would have read it last week in your reading. When he lays eyes on both God in a vision and on Rachel, who is literally a beautiful representation of his home, he just breaks down. He just breaks down. I mean, maybe the way to say it would be this. It's like every complex thing comes pouring out. Every complexity comes pouring out. Everything complex comes pouring out. I don't know if you've been in places or had moments like that where It's, it's like for the first time, you feel just enough safe that the walls come down and it's like everything complex in you just pours out. I mean, I see this in little ways. I see it when my kids have gone through hard things, like at school, and they walk in and like, how you guys doing, you okay? Yeah, dad, I'm fine, it was okay, it was all right. And they come over and you just give them a hug. And as you're hugging them, there's just enough safety. The walls come down and everything complex just pours out. You guys, none of our actions happen in a vacuum. None of our actions happen in a vacuum. Some of us, and, and, and this is the scary thing, some of us are like Jacob. We are so good with words. We are quick-witted and supported by enough people who favor us. It's like, therefore, we can easily justify our actions, right? And so it's like we, we just live we just live continually twisting. I mean, and I, even from my experience working with many people over more than 20 years of ministry, I'm telling you, the people that remain in the church after a fight are the ones that are better at tainting the story. When there's a divorce, almost always the one who remains is the one who's better at tainting the story. They can just share it in a way that makes them totally innocent and the other person totally guilty. 
And the truth is, none of us are totally innocent. And all of us are a little bit guilty. Maybe some more than others at certain times. All right, and, and I, the first part of this message is miserable. Just hang with me. It's going to get better. I promise. But here's the reality. God knows. But God knows the truth. And then the other part of this is, like we see with Jacob, your restless spirit knows the truth. Your inability to find peace, to actually relax, to actually be okay, no matter how you twist it, no matter how many times you tell the story, ever more bent in a direction, how much you try to manipulate, the truth is God knows the truth and you know it. And the truth is your restless spirit knows the truth and you're not okay and you're always trying to convince yourself you are. Your restless spirit knows the truth. And just like Jacob, when you finally experience, oh my goodness, Lord Jesus, by your grace, help us to come across. When you finally experience something pure and safe, it can all come pouring out. So there's Jacob in his hometown, hometown. getting close to it, and he bumps into a relative. He finally feels safe. It's like all of a sudden, he's okay enough, safe enough. He can't even explain what he's doing or entirely why he's there yet. And he just loses it. And finally, when it's safe enough, when it's safe enough, finally when it's safe enough, the real reason for the posturing and manipulation and justification come to the surface. The fear of being irrelevant or, or unloved. The self-doubt. The jealousy. the desire to be admired so you have to steal attention from others. Finally, when it's in a safe enough place, it can all just come pouring out. And I was thinking about this a lot too, like the, the Jacob wept moment. Finally, there, he's finally in a spot where he feels safe enough he can't even articulate the complexity. It just comes out. And I was thinking about this. And kind of what came to mind is, is coming clean with ourselves isn't often a detailed list of wrongs. It's not. It's not often a detail. Jacob doesn't spend a whole bunch of time in that first encounter going, hey, here's where I'm from. Here's what I did. Here's what I struggle with. Here's what's tough. It's not often a detailed list of wrongs. It's often all too complex we don't even know the depth of external or internal deception. Real deep confession is sometimes, is sometimes mere emotion. And I believe this. I think the Holy Spirit, referencing Romans 8, 26, I believe the Holy Spirit knows a genuine desire to be right. 
And this is absolutely why, because it is so complex. It is so wrapped in. I'm sure Jacob and his mom justified even some of his actions. I'm sure they have twisted even in their own way in which they tell the story. It's far too complex for Jacob to truly filter through it all. And there's a lot of correction yet to come even in Jacob's life. But man, at that moment, he can't detail out all that's off, but his restless spirit is looking for a place of peace. God steps in and begins a good work. It's going to be long. It's often a long, slow unweaving. A heart that finally trades away fear, jealousy, pride for merely honor God will be placed in front of many more situations Each situation, not only you helping to make things right externally, but more of right actions working to make you right internally. I'm going to invite Josh up, and I just want to take you to that spot with Jacob again, right? So remember his story last week, Abraham, Isaac. Again, I highly encourage you to go and read Genesis 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and you can keep going if you want to, 31, 32. I I encourage you to read that if you have not in the reading plan just to get the bigger context. But here you have Jacob, Abraham and all his failures over and over again, Isaac, failures, Jacob, literally the trickster. He's on the run, and he finally lands close. I mean, I'm using hometown he finally runs into a safe place. And before he can even tell Rachel who he is, everything twisted just comes pouring out. It just comes pouring out. So I'm reading through Genesis and I'm honestly a little discouraged coming into this week, noticing all of the brokenness. Man, read again the stories of each of these guys and their spouses. And I mean, they're all making mistakes, big ones. And I'm reading through this and I'm thinking like, gosh, Lord, these people have been, you know, in a sense, we kind of make them heroes. And when you really pay attention to the text, 
it's just a really sad story. And so I'm buttoning up the sermon that I didn't preach. And it's Wednesday. And I just felt like the Lord said, Mike, read Genesis again. It's not one of the shorter books, by the way. And I'm like, Lord, I do not. The team can't wait on me. They've got to get my notes. They've got to get media done. It has to go to the different locations. Like, they don't have time. I don't have time to do this. And I just couldn't get past it. Read it again. So I'm like, fine. I put it on audio, like the Bible app. You know the Bible app? I have the Bible app. I put it on the, the Bible app, and I did audio. I put the audio on, put headphones in, and I just went out, and I went for a walk. And I started in Genesis 28, and I listened all the way through. I mean, all the way through. Stuff that we're yet to preach. I'm glad I had sunglasses on because as I turned the corner in my neighborhood, all of a sudden it dawned on me. There is an amazing thread of hope in all of this. This isn't a story about all the failures of men and women. It's a story of the relentless goodness of God. From the deceiver and the trickster to sexual sins, to manipulation, to fear, to anxiety, every one of these people this laundry list of things that should disqualify them, right? And in all of this, God just keeps reaching down and saying, I love you and I want you. I love you and I want you. I know you really messed this up. And honestly, it's going to take a long time to undo this one. But I love you and I want you. And I love you and I want you. And I love you and I want you. And I'm turning the corner in my neighborhood, and truth be told, I, I thought about this now through Abraham's story, thought about it through Isaac's story, thought about it through Jacob's story, thought about it through Rachel, thought about it Leah, thought about it through all of them, all the way through. And I, it was even in uh, the section of the scripture where we were looking at Joseph and his brothers trying to make things right, like just all of the Genesis account. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. And I felt like the Lord just nearly out loud. I was like, Mike, don't you understand? This means I can use you. And I can use all of them. Every one of you, the doubter, the person who's wrestled with lust, the person who has battled with addictions, the person who battles with anxiety, the person who's had difficulties with fear, the person who, listen, I'm telling you, he can use 
all of you, all of you, all of you. You see, if you only read Genesis through the lens of human achievements, it's miserable. But if you read Genesis through the lens of God's grace and love, it's a glorious story. So I'm going to share this. It, I'm more emotional today because, not because of allergies. Um, blame allergies. I always blame allergies. Allergies are miserable. Just decide not that. But I, I, I did this, this, it really hit me because I had such an emotional swing between noticing all the bad and noticing the goodness of God. I just had this huge emotional swing in my heart this week. And this is my personal journey. So this, I wrote this in my personal journal and I felt like the Lord is like, you need to share this with all of him. I have a very thorough journal that I do. I got this whole process that I do for journaling. And um, this is a prayer that I, I wrote after thinking through all of this stuff. And I want to pray this. I'm going to literally read it, pray it, but I want to I do it on your behalf. Okay, I want to do this on your behalf. Father, the real reason I, we, want to twist things my, our way is often fear, it's jealousy, a desire to be admired by people. But the really real reason, the real reason I do this is, like Jacob, wanting to pour out all the brokenness, that's what's in my mind. The real reason I do this is, I am thirsty for a satisfaction this world can't offer. I want to find the place where all the beauty comes from. I want Bethel. I want my home country. I want to lean into a fountain that never runs dry. And Lord, when this clicks in my spirit, I cannot list the complexity of all that is wrong in me. I can't, I can't confess in detail. When this clicks in me, this hunger and appetite for more, all I can do is weep and want a better way. That's all I can do. So to those in whom your restless spirit gives evidence of something not right. The beauty in place of God is so good and welcoming. Even you are safe. He will not leave you the same. 
he's going to challenge and grow and work you out. But boy, he loves you. I just wanted the next steps card here. I just, I just want to walk you through this and just let the Holy Spirit speak. These are all in the back of the chair in front of you. If you're online, you can click the link there. If you need to talk with a pastor about your spiritual journey, do it. Mark it on there. We would love to follow up with you. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus, do it. Mark it. We're going to follow up with you. If you need to be baptized, make that public statement of faith. Mark it on there. We want to follow up with you, even if you just have questions about it. If you need to discover more about your spiritual gifts and your calling and can God even use me, I mean, especially these people, some of us, the enemy does such a good job of leaving us in shame. We don't step into our calling because we think we're not good enough. But isn't it crazy how God equips the called? It's like he calls you and then he equips you. If you need to join a group, get into a place where your story is known, if you need to learn how to share Jesus in your spheres of influence, mark it on that card. We want to follow up with you. These steps are, in a sense, pulled from the Scripture to help you live your Christian journey. If you have any other prayer requests, write it down. I just, man... I mean, Josh, we were talking earlier today, right? Like, there is no safer space with all these other flawed people. It's not their approval you need. It's just accepting his invitation. I mean, like, the table, right, Josh? The table, we were talking about this earlier, the table right here is a statement to you. You are loved. You are forgiven. Hey, family, it's time to eat. Lord, in your name, I ask that you would just whisper in the hearts of each person what they need to hear. And let that whisper begin as a soft, invitation in their heart and grow to a safety where we can truly come clean before you. We are loved. We are forgiven. And you invite us to your table. Thanks for listening to Sunday Sermon on the Made for More podcast. If you are not connected in a church community, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message on social media or fill out a digital next steps card at encountertrinity.com slash next steps.